0: I can't believe that there's not one person in the world that doesn't know that there's something that they like or that they're good at. Yeah, maybe in the beginning, like I told you, I had six jobs. I didn't like all the jobs I did, but I did it in the beginning to make money. But I knew that there's something that I really enjoy doing. I just had to find it.
1: I want to get to the bottom of how they discovered their passion, channel their talent consistently, and ultimately how their active ingredient is making the world a better place. Today's episode is with Justin Galband. Justin is a lifestyle coach and celebrity trainer known for assessing how each individual body reacts and adapts to movements and educates his clients on how to incorporate health, fitness, and wellness into their own specific lifestyles. His fitness philosophy is that when it comes to working out, one size does not fit all. He was named The Model Whisperer by The New York Times and is known for sculpting the bodies of supermodels from all over the world, including Miranda Kerr, Candice Swanepoel, Irina Shaikh, Carly Kloss, and Martha Hunt, among many other A-listers. Literally look him up on Google and you will be shocked at his roster. It's crazy. On today's episode, we dive deep on how he first identified his love of movement and fitness, how he went from training at 24-Hour Fitness to becoming a celebrity personal trainer, the car accident that changed his life forever that ultimately resulted in him finding slow and controlled movements as a solution to his pain and what keeps him consistently motivated. With that, welcome to Active Ingredient, Justin. All right, so we are here in the heart of Tribeca with Justin Galband of the Justin Galband Method. Welcome to Active Ingredient, Justin.
0: Hello, how are you? Thank you so much for having me.
1: I've known you for several years now, and I am obsessed with not only your method, but just the fact that you are 100% put on this earth to do what you do. Um, so for those people that may not know who you are and what you do, can you give a little background on the Justin Galband Method?
0: In 2004, after working at 24 Hour Fitness and other small little boutique spaces, I suffered a car accident, which put me back into a place where not only did it humble me, but it taught me about life, about movement, about action, and about how to be the best me. It was an accident that left me with four herniated discs in my back from L2 to S1. It left me in a place where I couldn't walk, I couldn't move, I couldn't bend, I couldn't shift. And in order for me to be the best me, I was told or suggested to go to every physician, doctor, sports medicine, orthopedic, homeopath, massage, And we can go on and on and on. So what makes me who I am? What makes me who I am is every place that I had entered and every doctor that I had seen only wanted one thing. Surgery, surgery, and surgery, number one. Number two, didn't have the actual answer to any of my questions of what's going to make me the strongest and the best of me. And number three, how was I going to continue a future in health, fitness, and wellness if I wasn't able to practice or to be the person that I want to be for everyone else that I was working with. So what I did was, is I said, you know, it's time for me to take all the things I've ever learned in my life, having a background in swimming, tennis, running, and soccer, take all the empowerment that I received from my swim coach, Jim Wood, who, God bless, passed away this year, and to really take all the knowledge and understanding of what exercise science and movement is and how to build it per body, per body type, and per lifestyle. So as everyone would say, practice as you preach. So over the two years that I wasn't able to move, I created a way of movement that would enabled me not only to be strong, but to be able to do the things that we do every single day in our daily life and lifestyle.
1: So I want to take it back because this podcast is about helping people figure out what it is that they love and clearly you love movement. I would love to hear from you on when that first moment was that you fell in love with fitness.
0: Since I was a kid, funny enough, I was always in love with soccer and my mom used to scream at me all the time. Oh my God how many more times you can wear the same Pele shirt <laughs> running around day after day, it stinks, it's got holes in it and so on. I said, mom, one day you will see that I will really understand what movement in life is about through activity. And that's what I preach and that's what I give to all of you is be the best you. Understand your body, your body type and your lifestyle and understand how each and every individual who wakes up every day can." Continue their day and be the best that they can be in their own specific body by understanding what movements they must do on a daily basis, what their daily regimen and agenda is on a daily basis, and what activities they performed since they were a kid up until now that really give them the goosebumps of, wow, I feel really good because I just walked out of a spin class or a yoga class or a Pilates class or running or whatever. But the basis behind this must be one thing you must understand your body and you must perform the proper form posture and resistance of the activities so that for me my number one thing with exercise is injury prevention.
1: So I would love to know like how you even got into the business of fitness and I know that your start was at 24 hour fitness. So can you walk me back into A, how you even figured out that you wanted to become a trainer at 24 Hour Fitness and what got you to that point of, that first step into, into fitness?
0: So growing up, as I said, I participated in four sports and my mom always said to me, one day in your life, after you like to be crazy and rebellious and everything else that you do, you're gonna find something that you really love and you really attach yourself to. And for me, it's always been about sports. To be honest with you, I actually wanted to be a sports broadcaster. I probably know more about every sport than anyone that you know (laughs) because I watch every sport. Why do I watch every sport? Is because I love to see the movements behind the sports and how I can literally create training and movement for each and every individual participating in any single piece of activity. So when I was in college, I did a... Uh, internship at the New York, New Jersey now called Metro stars at the time. And now is called the New York, New Jersey Red Bulls. And I was working for the director of marketing and sales. And I got to run part of the soccer celebration, which basically was all the kids got to come an hour, two hours, I think up to three hours before the game and participate in all different activities, whether it was kicking the ball, saving the ball, heading the ball, doing little two-three-on-three, two-on-two tournaments with their friends. And the coolest part about it was just movement in itself and to watch every single type of body get involved in these certain activities. And it was even the moms and the dads. It wasn't just like, oh, the kids came for the soccer celebration and the mom and dad sat in their butt. There was a lot of dads there that were... Novices and kicking the ball, so it was kind of funny watching, and moms (laughs) as well. But the cool part was it was more like a family fitness activity, and I found it really inspiring that families were actually getting out and going to these games. As you know, people don't really interact all the time with their family, so to have family activity was amazing. And then from there, I realized that you know what, through what I'm doing. I recognized that the only way that I'm actually going to be able to continue my path and my passion was to go to a place that I would be able to give back to society what I've learned, what I love, and what my passion was, which was people, number one, and movement. So I moved out to Los Angeles in 1997. I was the same as every other young male or female that goes out to a different place that they've never been to before. And I had five different jobs, so I was coaching swimming and I had a small little swim school that I was teaching kids from six years to six months or six months to six years, however you wanna put it. Uh, I was also a lifeguard and I was delivering pizza for Rosti and I was, oh also, I was also an extra on uh, movies. And the funniest thing about the whole thing at the same time, I was going back and forth with the girlfriend that I was dating at the time to 24 Hour Fitness. And when I was going back and forth to 24 Hour Fitness, they had two fitness advisors at the time that said to me, Hey, you want to be a part of this? Well, we would love to have you. I was like, Have me do what? They're like, Be a trainer. Trainer? Yeah, a trainer. Why not? I don't know. I just don't know if this is the right time or the right place for me to be the trainer that you want me to be. Okay, well, if you want me to be the trainer you want me to be, then you see all these overweight women that you have running up and down the stairs and that keep basically falling over themselves? Or do you see how every single woman here is lifting power lifting weights and doing burpees and lunges and squats and uh, weight swings and kettlebell swings and all? I said, one day someone's going to get hurt. I said, so. If you're willing to listen to me and allow me to do what I do best, which is what you've been watching me train with my Mm -hmm. ex-girlfriend at the time, uh, then you know what? Let's do it. I said, but you got to allow me to train each and every one of these five or six overweight women that you have that I see running and and really putting so much stress in their joints, and you got to allow me to be the trainer that I want to be because at the time, when we were at 24 Hour Fitness, you had to carry around a clipboard and you had to check in and you yeah. had to do all that stuff. And I said, listen, I am not that trainer. Yeah. They are like, well, what do you mean? All trainers have to write down all the details. I said, well, what if I told you that all the details are in my head and I don't need to write things down?
1: Yeah. And, well, they clearly saw something in you and they were willing to give you that freedom to do it the way that you wanted to. Because eventually you did work for 24 Hour Fitness. Yeah, of course. How long were you there for?
0: I was there for about nine months and then there was a gym down the street called Todd Tramps which was a gym like a boutique style gym that had like a spinning room, a yoga yeah. a pilates room and then you know it was a personal training gym. And so a lot of the people that were working at 24 Hour fitness were taking, were taking, you know, their breaks and then working with clients down there and then they were also working with clients, you know, at 24-hour fitness and I finally realized that hey listen you know what I would like to have my own freedom and I would like to travel and be my own person so the clients decided that it was in all our best interest that I stopped working at 24-hour fitness not full-time but part-time and then the clients that were at 24-hour fitness I kept there and then new clients I would train at Todd Tramps which was really cool because I not only got to see other people's bodies but I got exposed to Actually the real Hollywood because then I start to see celebrities and models and in people that you don't normally see on an everyday like basis. You wouldn't
1: see at a 24-hour fitness. Yes um, That actually brings me to my next point because if you just Google Justin's name You'll see that he has trained everyone from Carly Klaus, Taylor Swift. He has an incredible Rolodex of celebrity clients so I and I work in um, the communications field so I know how impactful it is to have those names be associated with your brand. Um, how did you land your first celebrity client? Uh
0: goes way back to 24-hour fitness I actually will say this uh, my first bikini model was a girl named Christy Pierce who at the time was dating a man named Josh Dumel, who happened to be a very, very, very wonderful man and also gave me a lot of experience and a lot of understanding of what the business is about and how to be the best me and how to handle working with celebrities. Mm-hmm. And he invited me to train him and Topher Grace because they were friends at the time for Win a Date with Tad Hamilton. So I am honored to say that they both gave me the start of my career in that world, as well, at the same time, I was working with a DJ named Paul Ogenfold, who also invited me to train him, to get him in shape for the closing of Cream in Liverpool. And between the three of them, I worked really, really hard to really, not only develop the understanding about who, what, where, and how, and why celebrities and models and these types of people have their own livelihoods, but also that the fact that each and every individual is created the same, they just have a career behind them. And so, if you start to treat people with the respect and understanding that each individual has their own individual body, body type and lifestyle, and also that these people at the end of the day, Josh Duhemu is still Josh Duhemu, that he's not some other person, or he's not this big celebrity that everybody puts him on a pedestal for being, then you can really, really break down and understand how to make him the best him for whatever role or whatever uh, exercise regimen he's looking for. And that's not to take anything away from his work because obviously he earned his work, but I think that people in general just put put celebrities and models on the status that if they are these people, then they're better than someone else. And I don't believe that that's true at all. I believe that we're all created equal. And at the end of the day, we are who we are with just the name. And it's just our career.
1: Totally. So would you say that working with Josh kind of catapulted you into the celebrity space for a while?
0: Uh, I would say that working with Josh and Paul together between the two of them really taught me about real life. Yeah. And real life experience and You know, Topher Grace introduced me to Anne Hathaway, who introduced me to a bunch of her friends, and then I started- So it's like a snowball effect. So it's like a snowball effect, and then you start working with all these different celebrities, but at the end of the day, the coolest thing about it was to really learn the life and lifestyle of who they are, and to respect them for who they are. Yeah. And for me, it's always been a respect that I have for my clients, and for their bodies, and for their minds, and to make them the best that they can be in their own body, and then from there, I got introduced to my first big supermodel, Angela Linvall, in 2006, which she had just had her second baby, and she invited me to train her for three, four months to get on the Victoria's Secret runway for 2006. took us about three and a half months to do. I have to say that Angela is another big inspiration to me Mm -hmm. and empowered me to get to where I am happy because without her, I never would have met. The clients that I've met yeah and so, so after, was she
1: your first Victoria's Secret
0: she was my first Victoria's Secret model who after I trained her for that I was introduced to New York City so I got some phone calls from here and then my first few clients in New York City were Miranda Kerr, and V, Linda V, uh, Candace and Irina those were my first five probably major big clients that I got introduced to over the first year, year and a half that I was in New York.
1: And so you were living in New York. So you went from doing like Hollywood celebrity and getting introduced to Angela and then from Angela that kind of snowballed you into the model space, which is obviously heavier in New York. Did you move to New York full time? Yeah, I
0: moved to New York full time. I was going back and forth between New York and LA uh, and I was always a passionate go-getter. And so I, I must admit that after training Miranda for her first Victoria's Secret show with me in 2007, yeah. she also, have to God bless her, she catapulted me into a whole other
1: arena.
0: society and yeah. an arena of models. And then I got introduced not only because of Miranda, but Ann V also helped me a lot too because she was in it and, and Linda too. They were all in that little circle. Yeah. And then for me, I went out there and I hustled and I said, listen, I went to all the different agencies and I said, I will train your girls for the first because everyone buys packages. I don't know how every trainer is, but in yeah. me. You buy a certain number of sessions, which is usually 10 or 12. Yeah. And I would say, okay, if you buy these packages at the end of the package, you will pay me. If you're not happy with my sessions, then you can have them for free. But if you're happy, then you'll pay me. And so that's confidence. <laughs> knock, knock on wood, I got. I, 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 knew what I needed to do to get to where I needed to be. I understand the bodies and I have to also go back to where when I was working at 24 Hour Fitness and working with women that needed to lose 60, 80 and 100 pounds yeah. and you're losing these women 12, 14, 16, 18 dress sizes Okay, over a year, year and a half, similar to The Biggest Loser. It really taught me not only just about a woman's body in itself, but how to cut corners. Yeah. So for me, when you're getting- How do you
1: cut corners? <laughs>
0: How do you cut corners? Is really understanding how the body works specifically yeah. for you. So I looked at your body, your body type, your lifestyle, your posture, your form, your resistance, your prior activity levels. And I would learn about the entire woman in themselves. And then once you did that, then I can start to actually break down, okay, this is what I need to work on. The inner thighs, the hips, the butt, the arms, the legs. Somebody could have scoliosis. going could have uh, fibromyalgia. Someone could have some sort of... Uh, I didn't say nervous problem with their nervous system. Yeah. And you know, I had gotten lucky because I was subjected to all these different types of bodies, body types and lifestyles. And it wasn't just celebrities and models. I was working with kids yeah. with autism. I was working with kids with sound down syndrome. I was working with, like I said, people that had MS or had some sort of nervous system or a problem with the musculoskeletal system. So all the knowledge and passion and understanding and studying and uh continuing education that i was doing was all coming into effect all at the same time so now that i had the ability to work with all these different people it really gave me the opportunity to really live and love my passion
1: amazing obviously
0: until i had the car accident which really is what changed my life
1: so the car accident happened where
0: in los angeles in 2004 uh i was subjected to getting hit by this car or which I ended up hitting six cars, like I said, left me with four discs in my back. No doctor was able to fix me, except for what they called surgery, and I turned to yoga and Pilates. And everything that I was doing was based on stretching and elongating and feeling and understanding and slow, controlled motions, because yeah. obviously I couldn't move. And I recognize that the slower and the smaller the movements were and the more controlled and the more brain-body connection you had with yourself and your body and your movements, the better shape you got in, the better energy you had. And then, of course, number one, which people don't really understand, even though they'll say they understand, is 90% of what you do is what you eat. Yeah. So at the same time that I was going through all this, Paul Ogenfeld introduced me to the Eat Right to your, for Your Blood Type because at the time he was living in London, and he was starting to use that. So I researched it and immensely, and then I started posting about it, you know, in all my articles because at the time there's no Instagram. Uh, Instagram or Facebook or yeah. anything, but they did have all your interviews. So any interview that we were doing. Uh, I would talk about Dr. Diadamo. I would talk about the eat right for your blood type and how yeah. that we have 7 billion people in the world and how four blood types, if your body's made up of blood and water, for sure works. Yeah. And then Dr. Diadamo reached out to me with his wife and said, please come up to my uh, institute and check me out and let's talk. And we yeah. sat down and he explained everything to me. He showed me how to measure people's bodies and look at people's you know healthy and daily living through nutrition and through health and through wellness and he really gave me the understanding that yes if you eat properly and you eat right for your blood type and you mix the proper exercises and each blood type has a certain way of uh incorporating exercise properly for instance i'm an o and o likes a little bit more vigorous exercise where a or A, B, and B are a little bit more on the stretching, elongating type of exercises. And then how funny is that? That coincidentally, I'm working, I'm hurt, I can't move. Everything that I'm doing is yoga, Pilates, and stretching and elongating based, feeling your body, brain-body connection, and all the women that I'm working with are all models and celebrities at the time when I moved to New York that all need to be elongated. They all need to be long, lean, tone, and fit and all look and feel really well.
1: I I guess, I'm really interested in hearing your perspective on the small controlled movements for people that may not be in that model body type category. Like for when you were working out with the people at 24 Hour Fitness. That's why,
0: That's why. excuse me, I didn't mean to interrupt you. That's why I get so passionate when I speak because that's how it started. When I was working with these overweight women, I was already training similar to my method the only thing that I might have been doing a little bit differently is changing the cardiovascular exercise that we're doing because I was always doing cardio yeah. with my clients.
1: So to get specific, though, would you say that like someone that has 20 pounds to lose for someone who's literally just looking to tone would do similar exercises? They would
0: all do similar exercises because cardio is something that's an activity level that people use for an anxiety release right yeah. so people well, a
1: lot of people also use it because they're not educated in knowing that these small control movements actually yield results and like people do cardio thinking that the more cardio they do the more weight they'll lose easier yes so what is your kind of rebuttal to that
0: Wow. We can go on for hours about that too. My rebuttal to that is this, everybody is different. Everybody's different. What's good for one isn't necessarily good for the next. If you're using running because you want to get in shape or you want to look good or feel good to participate in a triathlon or participate in a marathon or participate in some sort of race or something that's competitive then it's a lot different than somebody that's going out and trying to lose the weight. Because at the end of the day, you can run for 40 hours a week, and yes, you may lose some weight, but if you're eating pizza, burgers, fries, and fast food, and drinking alcohol, you're never gonna get to the body that you wanna get to. Now, if you're going back to the activity levels, if you look at someone who's playing volleyball, basketball, baseball, football, hockey, they aren't always gonna train in these small controlled movements because their bodies aren't, number one, using only small controlled movements because their wide range is longer range, right? right? So you have to reach to grab a basketball, you have to reach to grab a volleyball, you have to reach when you're swimming. You have to kick, you have to use your hip when you kick the ball because you're using your whole entire yeah. leg, you're not just using your foot. Yeah. So when I'm training someone specifically for athletics, my training regimen is totally 150% different than someone that I'm training that's sitting at a desk all day. Yeah. The idea of using small control movements is for the body to build the foundation first, for yeah. them to understand their body first before they go into an activity level. Yeah. And I always tell this story of one of my really good friends who owns a CrossFit gym, who, when I went into his CrossFit gym, I said to him, listen, is there a possibility that I can do your class one day? And he's like, no. And I'm like, why are you saying it like that? He's like, because I know you're going to put me out of business. And I said, why am I going to put you out of business? I just want to do it the way I want to do it. He thought
1: you were going to take on his
0: time. And I said, no, I'm not here to take your clients. I just want to show you how I would specifically do a CrossFit class. Okay, because I've been watching the way you've been doing it. And it's nothing against the way you've been doing it. But going around and listening to how the class was created to begin with and listening to the people that work at the front desk and so forth, where's the foundation built for these CrossFit classes? And he's like, well, I'm not understanding what you're saying, I said, listen, we've been friends for many years and you always know that I always build people's bodies from the foundation. I said, so if you have a woman or a man sitting at a desk all day for 10, 12 hours, please tell me how you're asking them to jump two feet from the floor onto a box and then back down when they haven't even warmed up their body yet. If you're telling someone to do those bar pushes out of 30 or 40 or 45, 50 pound bar at the chest level and they can't even pick up the bar without using mass and momentum, okay, or gravity, which means that basically the the bar is falling and they're using their joints and their ligaments and their tendons to actually lift something that they actually can't lift. What's wrong with starting with a five-pound weight or 10-pound weight and teaching them actually how to push the bar properly? Instead of having a woman do burpees or doing lunges and kettlebell swings, why don't you teach them how to do an actual plank or a hold first properly with the proper form posture and resistance and then build from there and i think that's where exercise has gone the total 180 percent the wrong way yeah because where is it in a rule book because there is no rule book all right where is it say in a protocol which there should never be a protocol on how to exercise somebody the only way you're gonna understand that is to really understand how the body moves properly. Yeah. Which means that you have to actually study the body, you have to actually study the individual, and you have to separate what they specifically do for a living, yeah. what their body, body type and lifestyle is, and then you create the program. Yeah. But unfortunately, everybody wants that quick fix. What's the quick pill, the drink, the exercise, the movement, the motion, the balance, the stability? What is it that's going to make me look like that crazy supermodel that you train? or? I've had people give me photos of Brad Pitt as an example. Oh, I want to look like this. You're never going to look like Brad Pitt from the Fight Club. So just let it out of your brain.
1: That's actually a good segue because I wanted to ask you what your thoughts are on your movement for men. Because I feel like men typically like to do a little bit more intense, high interval training or, I don't know, um circuit training or something that's a little bit more like manly and intense what would you say to to men in general with small control movements
0: okay so I love all the men that I've ever trained because most of them have been in the business and they've been passed down to in, me the or it, in, yeah, the in the Hollywood. Yeah, in the Hollywood, yes. And they've been introduced to me through their girlfriends or their wives or their best friends yeah. and so forth. And yes, I'm not going to lie and I don't want to mention names because it's not important. But people know because they can just look on Google who I've worked with. But a lot of them fought me in the beginning. What am I doing? What is this this granny workouts? A lot of people call the my man workouts granny workouts until they actually granny? do it. Granny. <laughs> granny. Like grandma... <laughs> And then until they actually do it. And then when they do it, they're like, wait a second, this is freaking hard. How How is it that these small little control motions hurt me so bad in a good way that I feel so much stronger, so much more open and elongated and... I don't understand. I don't understand. It doesn't make sense. I said, because I'm activating all your muscles through your proprioceptors, which is your nerve endings that activate the muscles. I'm teaching you about your own body. And you're not swinging a weight. You're not doing a million and one push-ups and sit-ups like the old Herschel Walker workout that everybody used to look at off of uh, uh, Sports Illustrated back in the day. I said, and you're now feeling your body in a way that you never felt before. And it's funny because people don't actually relate smaller movements with actually a manly man. Yeah. But when I actually challenge them with a 10 or 15 or 20-pound weight compared to using the 40-pound weight, and I make them do it in a small, controlled way with proper form, posture, and resistance, and their bodies are changing and getting leaner. In repetition. I think you do it
1: way more than you would do 10- well, but you don't 50 even. Pounds. But it,
0: but it, but it's also about too. It's the, when you keep the small controlled motion going, it makes the it makes the brain and body connect so much more to the movement that you can't sustain doing more than fifteen or twenty repetitions because yeah. it's it, it you're actually doing the things that you're supposed to be doing properly. Yeah. Well, so that's a hard thing too. And then you know I'm gonna say this just because we're on here and it's an article that I did last week for Business Insider. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people going around. And, uh, you know. Uh, picking on Aquaman And mm. so I, I Stood up for Not only him himself But his movement and his activity You know I thought it was very unfair That people are writing Oh I, I saw this picture of Aquaman He's on vacation and wow he doesn't have his six pack abs How come he doesn't have his abs First of all you don't know what his livelihood is Second of all you don't even know what role he's going for What happens if his next role He, had, he needs to be an overweight dad Did everyone ever think about that? What do you think? Every single role he's doing in his whole life is just going to be like a, a superhero? Yeah. Okay. So how can somebody pick on... And this is the problem with our whole society as a whole. They just looked at him as... Oh, wow, it's Aquaman. No, he's played many different roles and many different things. Oh, sorry, he was in Game of Thrones too, so he was the the hunky man too. But again, if he was playing the guy guy next door and he had to play an overweight dad because he's in his 40s and I'm 45, there's some roles that people have to put on 30, 40, 50, 60 pounds. So before someone makes fun of... Yeah, a, a, yeah, yeah, someone in Hollywood or or a model or an actress or whatever it is, why don't you really understand who this person is first? And that's why totally. I always say everybody is different, everybody is different. So, what's good for one isn't necessarily good for the next. Yeah. So, stop looking at Instagram, stop looking at Facebook, stop looking at TV because 98 to 99% of most photos, okay, are Photoshopped. Totally. Because people totally, do totally. not want people to look at somebody and say, oh my God, wow, this girl, she looked like a supermodel yesterday and then, oh my God, today she doesn't look like one. No, she never changed from yesterday to today. Either the photo was cheated on or someone Photoshopped it or that's actually the way she really looks and now people want to put her down in some way because they're not even comfortable in their own skin.
1: Totally. So can you explain the Justin Galban method? Like when you come to the actual class, we're actually staying in the studio in Tribeca. Um, can you explain for people that have not taken the class, what the whole process is like?
0: Uh, class and individuals, individual exercise is different. As I said, when I do uh, an individual workout, we'll start with that one first. Everything is about form, posture, and resistance. So I'll take your shoes off. I'll watch the way you move, the way you walk, uh, from school where I give lots of credit all the time to the Gray Institute, yeah. some place that I've studied where all my mentors are. It's about doing FMR, which is a functional manual reaction technique where I literally work on your feet, on your hips, on your pelvis, on your thoracic cervical and lumbar spine. And I really get you to move properly yeah. in a class environment. Obviously I don't have that same Uh But let me
1: tell you guys, like, I have taken this class many times and he is on top of it. Like, there can be 18 people in the class and you can be on the other corner of the room and he's like, hey, stop looking at yourself in the mirror. Look down so you can elongate your spine. I don't want to see you looking at yourself in the mirror. Like, you're very aware. No,
0: I am very aware. You are very aware. But the reason why is because we all in, in, in applied functional science have created a way for us to understand the body in a way through... Warming up. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I think people don't recognize mm-hmm. is stretching is imperative to your life. Yeah. And so is warming up before you exercise. And not static stretching, movement stretching. Yeah. So when you're warming up the body, I'm always watching. So our body moves in three planes of motion, you know, anterior, posterior, laterally, and rotationally. Yeah. So when I'm doing my warm up, I'm watching each and every person. Number one. Number two, everyone is barefoot. Why? Because I want people to feel the ground and I want people to realize that the ground is your friend. The more you feel the ground, the more you understand how the ground works, the more your body will be able to connect its brain and its movement. So through the movement, through the body, and through the warm-up, I'm able to see who, what, where, when, and how I can create my exercise program for that specific day. So when people come into my class, we have no idea what we're doing. Okay. And until I see everyone that comes in, if they're new, what are your injuries, health conditions, lifestyle deficiencies, anything I need to know before we start. Now, there's some people that come into my class that have been recovering from a knee, ankle, shoulder, whatever surgery. Depending on the time limit will depend on whether I will ask them to come back to another class, ask them to do a one-on-one or I ask them to stand literally right next to me yeah. so that I can literally build the class within the class and give them their own separate exercises that they can handle throughout the class. Because for me, as I said earlier, injury prevention is number one. Yeah. And so when people come to my class, they all know not only are they are getting a great experience, but they're getting someone who's really paying attention to what they're doing, their form, their posture resistance, and I also am very uh, perfectionist-like as if someone's performing an exercise wrong, I'll stop and start again. So if I see that three or four or five people do the first two or three or four repetitions wrong, okay, stop, start again. Stop, start yeah. again.
1: So is the class one
0: hour long? The, the class is usually between an hour, an hour and 15 minutes and only because I, you incorporate stretching and warming up as an imperative. And yeah. I also tell people when they come to class, one really important thing is this. If you're gonna leave class early, There's foam rollers here, you go, you do your foam roller stretching and you leave. I'm really against people just running out of class because most people they just run out of class and they never stretch, Yeah. right? And then unfortunately, I'm always the one that's getting all the other people from all the other studios and all the other places that have injured themselves because one, the posture form and resistance hasn't been looked at. Two, the body hasn't been understood Three, they're already going in there with an injury or a health condition or a lifestyle deficiency and hurt themselves more. Or four, they never really got the most out of the workout because the workout wasn't built for their body, body type, and lifestyle.
1: Yeah. So I feel like I was super excited to talk to you because I know that you were put on this earth to do exactly what you're doing. And the Active Ingredient Podcast is to shine a light on people that have figured it out, but also to provide advice for anyone that may be a little bit lost in their career right now and you're super lucky that you have had kind of this itch in fitness and movement since six years old apparently. Um, but what would you say to someone who may be in their twenties, thirties, forties, whatever that is kind of confused and is having a hard time identifying what their passion is? It could be anything. It can be in fashion. It can be in fitness. It can be in whatever. Like what, what advice would you give to someone or like your future children or whoever that comes to you? Every
0: single person was born with a niche. Every single person in this world is born with a niche, okay? The problem is is that people look at what other people are doing and then expect that they need to be put in that same category as a niche, okay? If you sit down and you wrote on a piece of paper all the pros and all the cons of what makes you happy, what makes you tick in a positive way... What makes you unhappy and not take in a negative way? And then look at all the things on a list, a piece of paper of all the things that you enjoy being around and all the things that you enjoy not being around. Then look at all the goals and objectives you ever had in your life, okay? And how can you achieve these goals through your passion, okay? Everyone has a passion for something. It could be butterflies. It could be uh, shopping. It could be sports, whatever, somebody somebody, somewhere likes something. Why are you in public relations? Because you enjoy being around people yeah. and understanding people's stories and relating to what other people can relate to and then helping people get that out there. I think a lot of people where they go wrong is, is that they have this expectation that there must be a lawyer, a doctor, an accountant, or so forth. For me, my passion fell into me because of growing up around a swim coach named Jim Wood who gave me that self-esteem, motivation and discipline to say, "Hey, you know what? Yes, you are a good swimmer, but you're never going to be a Michael Phelps. Yes, you love people, but you may not be the next big broadcaster, which I told you was a dream of mine. Next thing, you know, you love watching and and, and dealing with people. You love being you're a people person. You're a people pleaser. So being around people. So what do you love so much that's going to merge all of those together. Well, I found that being exercise and a lifestyle coach and doing that was what I love. But that can be for anybody. But the thing is, is you have to step out of yourself first and then look at what's around you and your surroundings and say, okay, you wanna know something? This is actually something I really like. This is where I'm gonna explore. And that's why people get lost, is because so many different things are put into so many different people's minds but you need to, it's almost like meditation, right? When you're sitting in a room and just meditate, which some people I know don't do. Yeah. But you have to think about when you're meditating, why are you meditating? You're meditating to release the stress and the anxiety, but also to get all the positivity there. What makes you positive? What makes you who you are today? I can't believe that there's not one person in the world that doesn't know that there's something that they like or that they're good at. Yeah, maybe in the beginning, like I told you, I had six jobs. I didn't like all the jobs I did, but I did it in the beginning to make money. But I knew that there's something that I really enjoy doing. I just had to find it. And so if there's a best piece of advice out there for someone is look for something that you really enjoy, look for something that's going to keep you happy and look for something that's... Going to give you that gratification that when you're done at the end of the day, whether it's donating your time for free or whether it's you know being a part of a a business or a program or something that's going to give you that empowerment. That's what you need to do. And I know it's not easy for everyone because everyone's going to say, "Oh, well, he's lucky." Yeah. But I didn't get lucky because I started at 24 Hour Fitness making eight dollars an hour, working sixty hours a week, and I had to push myself to grow and to be and to do. I had to go to all those continuing education programs and I had to study and understand and realize what each and everybody needed and what. And I still go to continuing education yeah. and I still strive to be better. So everyone can do that. But the where people get stuck is they don't even allow the foundation to what they wanna build in their life to actually grow so how are they going to be able to reach their goal and objective of whatever job they want to do unless they're going to believe in themselves trust themselves and love themselves and understand that they do have a talent no matter what it is and that they can reach that talent if they give themselves the opportunity
1: love that so i always close out the podcast with asking what is your literal active ingredient like is it meditation or is it coffee a smoothie like what is something that gets you going that you can't go a day without
0: And I know everybody would think it would be a smoothie or a coffee or so forth, but for me, literally, it's lifestyle working training. That's it, building lifestyle for people, per body, per body type, per lifestyle. I literally could go every single day of my life, even if it was just one client, working. That's what makes me happy. When I go to work every day and I get to be around the people that I'm around, it doesn't matter who it is, where they came from, what condition they have. For me, working is what gets me going.
1: Amazing. All right. So where can everyone follow you? What's your Instagram handle?
0: So my Instagram is JG Justin Gelbands, And that's
1: follow it. him around. He is here in New York. He has a studio in Tribeca. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. No, thank this you so, so much, much for fun. having me. I
0: appreciate it very much.
1: Yay. thank you guys so much for listening. Please take a second to rate and review us. And for more inspiration and quotes from the episode, check us out on Instagram at active ingredient. See you guys next time.